What excites you most about doing this role? I think just sharing the gospel with everyone who uh, shows up. That's my, I, I, every year I tell my dad, it's, it's amazing that we have been given this privilege to create, innovate, and facilitate the gospel word through the uh, medium of theater arts. I mean, theater was the first form of communication, and to take this as artist and to propagate and, and show people God's word is awesome. Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Hi, I'm Byron Tyler. Always good to get together with our friends, listening to issues in the community that make a difference for Christ's kingdom. Really excited today to welcome the Whitmire family. Well, really, two. There's a lot of Whitmires. <laughs> but we've got Jim Whitmire and his son Luke have stopped by. We're going to talk about the 2019 Mid-America Passion Play. We've got a lot of details to give. But guys, this is really a treat for me. Jim, good to see you. It's good to see you. It's always a pleasure being here. Luke, your little boy now is how old? 14 months. 14 months old. Yes. And you're there in Los Angeles? Los Angeles. Okay. We moved out there um, in September, got a job with 20th Century Fox. I've been working a lot with uh, Fox Sports, and so it's uh, it's been awesome. It's been a journey. We found a, a great place in Brentwood. So, uh, When did your desire to get involved with videography and doing these steady cams and all this stuff related to camera work? Oh, early in the 80s, my father used to take me to the movies a lot, and that really turned into a uh, hobby. Then it really turned into a passion that consumed me through the years. Yeah. went to film school and got my um, um, degree in film and video. Then I wrote, a, um, wrote and directed a short film in college called Necessary Evil, and that got into the uh, Los Angeles, New York City film festivals, and that's what kind of took me to uh, New York City. I did not realize yeah, that. Yeah. So dad was your inspiration. He was. You know, your dad inspires a lot of people, I know. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Hopefully for good. <laughs> you know, well, you've always inspired me. I remember the first time, you know, as a new follower of Christ, when Bellevue Baptist Church was downtown, at that mm-hmm. time, your dad was the director of the high school choir. He hadn't made it up to the big league yet, <laughs> directing the big, big choir, the adult choir. Yeah. I was kind of new into the youth group, and one Sunday morning, he saw me, and he said, why aren't you singing in my choir? I said, I can't sing. He grabbed me and took me up to the piano, and he started hitting keys on the piano. He said, you hit this note, that note. He said, I'll see you tonight at church choir, 5 o'clock, you know, and I was there. And there was a guy we both know, student in the choir, Robert Dennison. I know yes. you know Robert. He's still a minister of music. Minister of music. Yeah. Yeah. This guy had a great baritone voice, and I sing baritone. But if I could stand beside him and just hear him sing, I could follow the notes okay. <laughs> but if he was out sick, I was dead duck. I was out, you know. But then your dad said, listen, if you don't know it, just mouth the word watermelon. So I did a lot of mouthing watermelon. <laughs> you, you were good, Byron. I don't know about that. You're a lot better than you thought you were. Oh, my goodness. Glad this is on tape so my family can hear that. So uh, <laughs> they're saying, Dad, don't sing. Down by the river, maybe. But it is good to get together and, and talk. Your family, I know you've been through a lot together. You and Linda have been married how many years now? Fifty. Eight years now. And I know there was a period of time that Linda dealt with uh, cancer. Yes. And, uh, she's cancer-free now? Yes, she is. About six, seven years now. Yeah. So it's been wonderful. That is awesome. Okay, Luke, you're one of how many siblings? Six. Six siblings. I'm the youngest of six. You're the youngest. Yeah, the yeah. last one. Now, I was trying to remember, was it you or was it your brother, <laughs> uh, Josh, that was in my Sunday school class for a brief period of time? I think it was Josh. I think it was Josh. It's hard to believe we're moving into that season celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes. Now, it's a, as followers of Christ, you guys both know that's foundational for right. our faith. Yes. Right. I mean, without that, we don't have a faith. Absolutely. Right. 
And so it's something we celebrate every day as believers. Yes. Jim, you've been doing this thing for over 40 years now? Yes, it, it is. Yeah, I started uh, doing uh, a passion play in uh, Merritt Island, Florida, when I was there with Adrian Rogers before uh, he came to Bellevue here in Memphis and before I came. And then uh, we started with uh, Living Pictures at uh, Bellevue where we had a huge scrim and pictures that. came up and that that was a wonderful thing we had tremendous audiences who came we we started with uh, two or three performances and then went up to 8 9 and and 10 and then as we got to the new Bellevue uh the stage was too big to scrim it off like the one downtown the the auditorium and so we started uh, just doing like a passion play where it was, you know, everything was in full view. We do, it was so funny. I remember downtown when the scrim was being used, people saying, if Whitmire could get chickens and horses <laughs> in the church, he would do it. And that literally opened the door for you at the new location to be able to do that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we had uh, sheep and donkeys and camels and, and so forth. And yeah. A lot of stories about that. So what was it like watching your dad prepare? You grew up with all this. You I did. watched all this. I did. It was pretty incredible. And uh, in 1984, I think he put me on stage for the first time. I was the little boy that ran to Jesus. Yes, but, yeah, um, I remember. But yeah, my I remember in those days, my dad was really focused and really working hard on all that. That's when um, he kind of went to new heights and dimensions in his ministry was at the um, early years of, of Bellevue in the 80s. Yeah. So it was quite uh, quite something to see that and be a part of it. Yeah. And, Jim, you know, not every church is able to put on that type of production of the caliber, the size yes. that you have been able to do, not only Bellevue, but when you moved to Florida, too. I believe you were able to continue. Yes. Uh, I went to when I retired at Bellevue in 2005, I um, uh, started working at the seminary and uh, I started for a while, for nine months, I was interim minister of music at First Baptist Church Dallas, so I'd fly in there. In fact, at First Baptist Church Dallas, we did a small passion play there, the Easter I was there, and Josh, my son Josh, played Jesus uh, there at Dallas. And then when I um, finally took the job full-time at First Baptist Church Jacksonville, I was there six years and started a passion play there, and Luke played Jesus all six years in Jacksonville and mm-hmm. still is playing uh, up up to this year. You know, even when I left five years ago, he's still been playing Jesus in Jacksonville. Uh, but uh, they're, they're still doing that now. In fact, uh, we did four years in Uruguay. You know, we went down there, and that's where he started playing the role of Jesus. Uh, Carrie Vaughn always right. went with us, you know, who did such a great job at Bellevue. And the last year— 2006 at the last minute he was unable to go and uh and it was like two weeks before we were had to be down there and and the only one who was the right near the right age was luke and and i said luke you've got to do it he said oh no i can't do that i said luke you're gonna have to but he really did it and it was wonderful so when your dad told you that and you said no i can't do this oh i remember i got a phone call from him and uh, he explained what was going on, and, and I said to him, Dad, this sounds like the worst idea in the history of bad ideas to get me to play <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I told him, I can't do this. I don't want to do it. 
I did get my degree in film and took some theater classes, but man, taking on such a strong role yeah. as Jesus Christ, I just didn't think I was up for it. And so anyway, he gave me two weeks to really think about it and pray <laughs> about it. And so uh, I prayed about it and, and make a long story short, I thought this would be a wonderful way to uh, use the arts to um, kind of propagate the, the gospel. Yes. The gospel word. And I know, Jim, when you're looking to cast for certain parts, especially a part like Jesus, talk about finding the person. Obviously, we're talking about taking a human that's going to be taking on the role of a sovereign Lord, mm-hmm. you know, the one who came from heaven to die for our sins, and you're communicating that. We know they're human, they're not perfect, but what are some of the qualities that you think are important for somebody to play that role? Well, uh, you first of all look at their looks, but I'm going to tell you the looks aren't Im- are not as important as the most important thing, and that's their heart. Uh, I've seen people that I'd say, man, he'd make a great-looking Jesus, you know, but their heart was not part of the, yeah. part of that uh, um, person. And uh, I think of the ones we've used through the years, like Greg McGregor was the first one years ago. Some of the older people remember him. He he not only looked the part, but he had a great heart. He was a student at Mid America, and then Kerry Vaughn, who right. you know played for so many years at Bellevue, has such a wonderful love for Jesus, his family, and uh, you know he he looks the part. And and, and of course, I knew Luke, uh, and I knew his his passion for whatever he did with film and video and and the theater he he started playing the scourger at Bellevue. <laughs> I, I remember that. that. He just beat the fool out of everybody he uh, scourged and I'd have to tell him to back off, you know. But uh but he, he bulked up those muscles too. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's ripped. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did, but uh, I I knew I knew Luke could do it. I mean, and it was we had no other choice. It was yeah. like God uh, uh put us in a bind there and i and it was it was a god thing for luke to yeah. do that you know I, I saw somebody post something on social media this morning uh, supposedly a picture of christ one i have never seen and said if you're not ashamed of him then you'll post this on your page you know i didn't post it not because mm-hmm. i'm ashamed of him right. but the scripture tells us in the prophet isaiah that there was nothing in his outer appearance that we should desire him mm-hmm. you know right he was kind of a a rough cut guy but the inward beauty and the majesty right. of the Savior mm-hmm. and for what he came to do for us. Talk about that a second, Luke. We've been doing this together for about 12 years, and um, I always say to myself and to my dad, I never want this portrayal to become rote or too familiar. Yeah. So I'll always put myself in a uh, self-imposed isolation, and I will not leave this isolated state until something creative or intelligent comes to the surface. And um, I think about the little nuances of Christ, um, how he walked, how he moved, how he um, spoke to the disciples. And, uh, you know, scriptures are scant when it comes to Jesus's physical appearance, but profuse when it talks about his character. And so I do have a lot about God's character to go on, but the physical appearance is something that I really have to fast over and, and pray over. And that's one of the reasons why I put myself in those isolated states I always get on my knees a lot in prayer during this time, and that's really taken my um, acting and, and just, I guess, a lot of the creativity where um, God wants me to go to in portraying him. That's the only way I can do it. That's pretty much how I prepare. He always comes to rehearsals prepared, yeah. and I think that's what is needful of anyone who participates in a play or something, that when they come, they know their lines. I, I know when he he said he, 
he would play Jesus in Uruguay, the first rehearsal he came to, he knew he knew all of his lines. You know, he didn't have to refer to the book. And it was uh, sort of like one of those scenes where, you know, in the movies they start singing and and uh, and dancing, and it, somehow everyone knows the words, and everyone knows the dance, and el- an orchestra comes. That was sort of like what he did. On was it in front. Portuguese or Spanish? Or <laughs> no, it was in English. But but down there, we had translated everything, of course, into Spanish. They speak Spanish in Uruguay, and we put it above the proscenium. And uh, the uh, Uruguayans, they loved it. They they flocked every night down there they had uh, theaters that they built in every town it was built during the Habsburg Empire at the turn of the century wow. you know and they had these beautiful theaters where the marble and the uh, the curtains had come from Italy and so forth and and they were many of them uh, when we got there I, I know Ben Cole did the sound and lights for him and he had 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 to rewire some of those things you know <laughs> to get them working but it it was a great training ground and it Great training ground for Luke to do that. Yeah. Something I know for the Mid-America family is kind of a sobering time. Just recently, the founder, Dr. B. Gray Allison, went to be with Christ. Yes. Uh, You had the memorial just recently. Why not just dedicate today's program to Dr. Gray? I think that would be awesome. Yeah, I think we'll do that. I I teach a class in worship, and uh, one of the first things in in the first week that I ask the students to do just for – homework assignment is is think of five people that as they've gotten older uh they've gotten better looking in jesus you know you you see uh older people who can either look mean meaner as they get older or they are they're sweeter and uh of course the first one that comes to mind is billy graham you know and and, and i think you know i worked 38 years with adrian rogers and he he got sweeter as the years went by there's a song by the and dr gray allison's one of those and and their names come up a lot as the students uh will list these and sometimes they'll list their dads yeah. or, or their grandfathers and and i think that that's a wonderful thing but b gray allison was really someone who was a tough man adrian was a tough man but with jesus in him there was a sweetness and a beauty that came out in, just in their faces yeah. and their countenance you know as they got older and uh, I, I think um, it would be hard for anyone to play jesus and i think many have tried when they didn't really know the savior as their lord and savior right. you know, and there, yeah. there wasn't that light of the holy spirit inside of them and uh, that makes a difference any particular special story that you had time with dr gray you might want to share briefly do you know um the kindness of him i i never f- felt like i knew him personally but uh there there was always a a genuine uh love between us i mean he he went to bellevue in the years that i was the minister of music there and he loved he loved adrian he he loved bellevue and of course bellevue gave the land uh, just before uh, Agent Rogers died, to the seminary to build on the, that they're on there now. It's a wonderful piece of land that uh, Bellevue could have sold for a strip mall or for a filling station. They they tried to buy it for years, but but Bellevue didn't want that across the street from them. And uh, the it was a beautiful thing to uh, have the seminary built there. But he was just a a a, a, a great man that was courteous and encouraging. 
2019 Mid-America Passion Play this year is called Lord, I Believe, based upon Thomas, Thomas. the encounter that Thomas had with Christ. Yes. Right. Uh-huh. You want to talk about the script? Yes. Uh, in fact, this is a script we did in Uruguay, written by uh, Lisa Parker, and uh, we've done it through the years. At, uh, in fact, it was the one, uh, I think we did some of this at First Dallas, but uh, we did the first couple of years in Jacksonville, and uh, it, it's had some some rewrites, but we're going back to uh, much of her original script. But uh, it talks about Thomas, you know, who said, uh, uh, who wasn't there when Jesus appeared to the disciples. Of course, he and uh, they were all there in the room three days after um, Jesus' crucifixion when Jesus appeared to them. And Thomas was not there, and of course Judas wasn't because he had already hung himself. But it starts, Thomas, they said, have you seen Jesus? He said, no. And and he didn't believe him. They said, he's dead. And, and they said, no, Thomas. And Thomas said, well, unless I, I feel the nail prints and, and feel the, the place in his side where the spear was, I will not believe. But uh, he was also... Um, a great man of courage, even though he he was a doubter and, and he gets castigated a lot. Uh, John MacArthur said that um, he was one of the dearest uh, and strongest of the disciples because of that doubt. In fact, yeah. when when um, Jesus was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, that was during a time when he was uh, really in peril. The right. uh, the, the all of the rulers of the of the Jews were against him and, and wanted to kill him. The disciples were telling him, "Don't go to Bethany; that's too close to Jerusalem." And and Thomas said, "Well, let's let's go with him, and we'll just die with him." And and that that was a you know his pessimism was he's going to be killed, but let let's go with him and and help him. And that shows a great character, John MacArthur. Yeah, yeah. yeah that heroic pessimism, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and two, I think that the timing of this particular script is just perfect because I think in this generation we're seeing especially a lot of those that uh, have grown up in church that go off to college, they get challenged by their beliefs and start doubting. Why am I believing this? That's something that my parents and don't, haven't really possessed the faith for themselves. Right. I think that's... That's a lack of uh, of um, you know Bible knowledge. Uh, I think I think uh, uh, a lot of preaching ha- has been watered down. There's still strong strong pastors, but uh, I found even in in my own family that when if we get away from the Bible, we start getting too much of our religion from the world around us, and and you've got to get back to the Bible and know what it says oh, about yeah. all these yeah. things that are becoming so politically correct today. You know, I remember when we lived on the island of Guam, I got certified to scuba dive. And there was one particular dive on the Navy base that you had to get permission to get on. But it was a, if you could get out to the reef, it was beautiful. But there was a channel you had to actually dive through to get to this incredible reef, fish and, and coral and just beautiful. But there was this pretty good-sized channel that you had to swim through that when you were going, you couldn't see the top, the bottom, anything. I mean, it was just like you were out in space almost, you know. And so when I learned to navigate through compass, you set your compass on, on your dive and coordinates is going to that particular point to get to that reef. But if you take your eyes off of that compass, all of a sudden you start seeing little things floating and you get confused and you don't know if you're up or down and oh, you, you can mm. really be disoriented. Mm-hmm. And some divers can die that way. 
because they get so right. confused. Mm-hmm. I learned a lesson spiritually when you were just talking about taking your eyes off of Jesus. Right. You look around the world and you look at these things, it can be so confusing, mm-hmm. and you don't know which way's up, which way's down. But he's our guide. Yes. You right. know? And that's kind of right. what I learned from that. Yeah. Right. Have you been through similar situations? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, every year. I mean, I, you know, life can, can really hit you over the head and bring you down. But you got to get back up and, and really stay focused on God's word. Yeah. This passion play, when I started doing it in 2006, has really elevated me to new heights and dimensions in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, it's taught me how to fast more. It's taught me how to pray more. And um, gosh, I'm, I'm human like everyone else. I mean, I have worries and doubts, and I go through that every year, but I have to just stop and uh, thank God for that conviction that he gives me to say, Luke, you need to you need to get in God's word. You need to go to church. You need to pray. You need to get on your knees and pray. I really believe we stand tallest and strongest on our knees when we go yeah. before God in prayer, and that yes. that really elevates me. Yeah, and so um, I, I'm reading a book right now by Chip Ingram called "Why I Believe." He was a skeptic, you know, mm-hmm. in in his early days, became a believer, but in college, college professor challenged him, "Why do you believe this? Why are you throwing your brain mm-hmm. in the trash?" And so it right. caused him to get real in the word and discover why he believed it. And uh, it's, it's a great book. He's one of That's our awesome. Bible teachers on Bot Radio Network. But staying in the Word is so important and mm-hmm. communicating that through the yeah. I Believe Passion Play coming up y- yes. just I right. mean, a few short weeks here in April. Yeah. Yes. What are the dates? Uh, the dates are April 11th through the 14th this this year. In fact, Easter is late. This is the, the weekend of Palm Sunday weekend. But Easter comes the week after that. Okay. You know, it's at the seminary, and it's at 7 o'clock each night. It starts at on Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday we have two performances, 2 and 7, and then 7 o'clock on Sunday. Tickets are available by going to the website? Yes. It's M-A-B-T-S. That's Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary, M-A-B-T-S dot E-D-U slash Passion Play. When you get into that website you just push a thing that says buy tickets here and it takes you to the whole tickets right i'm looking forward to seeing this again i saw it the first year you did it i think i might have told you this but there's an intimacy in the seminary yes set up there because it's not as big the venue is not as big right but the way you utilize the space it's incredible it's more up close and personal i I really like that tell me about the difference doing it here at the seminary for you um not not much difference um i think the smaller space and everyone closer to you looking at your performance. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it was pretty nerve wracking for me the first year, but it kind of helped me more. Yeah. I mean, because people can really kind of zero in on your right. performance. Right. And, right. Um, God really used that, though. It's um, pretty amazing. Luke, you mentioned a moment ago how you kind of get in the zone and trying to get your heart prepared. Are right. there some other things you do to get ready? Just prayer. When I'm alone, I'll, um, I'll fast or I'll get on my knees and just pray. And just keep going over the lines and really asking the Lord, like, how you want me to say this? How you want me to move? Just, Lord, just help me to betray you the yeah. best way. And what excites you most about doing this role? I think just sharing the gospel with everyone who uh, shows up. That's my, I, I, every year I tell my dad, it's, it's amazing that we have been given this privilege to create, innovate, and facilitate the gospel word through the uh, medium of theater arts. I mean, yeah. theater was the first form of communication, and to take this as artist and to propagate and, and show people God's Word is awesome. Yeah. But we're dealing with holy things, and again, we don't want to get too familiar or arrogant. I mean, this is this brings a lot of humility to my life and, and to 
is, as you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's um, it, it, it makes me nervous. Right. So right. I, I got to pray myself yeah. up. In fact, uh, at the donor banquet uh, Thursday night, Nick Daniels, who is a new minister at our church, he graduated from Mid America, and he and his wife were there, and and he has ministered to our young marrieds and. And and that age group and his wife came up to me and she says I was saved at the Passion Play and this was the one at Bellevue is like nineteen ninety seven ninety eight she said I came uh, she said I had never been raised in the church and I just came with some other girls and she was a teenager and she says I sat there and saw the scenes of Jesus she says I didn't know anything about him but she says when they started to scourge him. She said, it just broke my heart. She says, I could hardly breathe. And she says, I wanted to run down there and grab him and tell him to stop it. But, you know, as she watched the scenes of the crucifixion and and the death and the burial and the resurrection, it changed her life. And she said she was saved that night. It's the power of the image, you know, of seeing the Mm -hmm. recreation. And they've done that since the first century, I think, second, third centuries, you know, they were doing passion plays all through yes. um, the Middle Ages. The churches were doing them. The, a lot of the people couldn't read. And so they were acting out passion plays that read on the steps of the church. They would, as people would come in or go out and they would act out the Christmas story. That's where we get Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger, you know, uh, but they're they're able to act out the stories of uh, of Jesus in the Bible. It's a it's a wonderful medium. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Well, gentlemen, again, April 11th through the 14th, you're getting ready for the Mid America Passion Play. Yes, at the seminary there on Appling Road, I 40 in Appling, across from Bellevue Baptist Church. You can get tickets by going to mabts edu is the website. mabts edu. So go to the website, get tickets, and get tickets for some friends, maybe some people at work that might not know or have a relationship with Christ. You know, some folks who might come to this that might not want to go to church. Right, right, exactly. This has been great. i got to ask this last question. What's it like for you working with your son and you working with your dad? Sometimes we want to slap each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He, he has always been obedient. I mean, he's he's always gotten into trouble, but it was innocent trouble. You know, I mean, uh, even when he was three and four years old, he could run faster than I could I could chase him. But he was always getting into something. But uh, uh, now he he's really a joy to work with because yeah, likewise, yeah, he 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 obeys and and he he, he loves the Lord. Jim, Luke, God bless you. Thank you for what Thank you're you. doing for Christ's kingdom through this passion play, which you've been doing so faithfully for so many years. Thanks for stopping by. Well, this has been a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thank you for stopping by. Don't forget the Mid-America Passion Play, April 11th through the 14th. Go to mabts.edu for more details. I'm Byron Tyler. Hey, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.